0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Peace of Authenticity Podcast. I'm Aubrey. And I'm Jordan. And we are the Andersons. In 2020, the Lord really challenged us on starting our own podcast. And so we invite you to join us on the journey of following Jesus every day. So let's grow together and learn together. Woo! What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Peace of Authenticity. I know, hey, this looks very weird right now because Jordan is normally like here, but today we decided to just completely flip the script on everything and I'm gonna be bringing something that the Lord has really been challenging me on. And so welcome to the change of events today. But um, listen, Jordan will be back Probably in the next podcast, or who knows, maybe next podcast, she might even be flying solo in that. But I want to dive in today on on what the Lord has kind of just been churning in, in my spirit. And so it's gonna start out if you have your Bible, if you're tuning into the podcast with your Bible in hand, go ahead and turn to 2 Kings chapter 5. Okay. And and okay, so so all of this was kind of birthed out of Um, I was scrolling through Facebook. Of course, you know, a lot of us waste entirely too much time on social media, but I was scrolling through there and and, uh, like I kept seeing multiple people sharing the verse from Corinthians that says, my God shall supply all all of my needs according to his riches and glory and we believe that and we receive that if you're standing on a miracle right now and you have a great need in your life i just pray right now that that the lord is ministering to you as we speak and he is bringing that need into fruition but see here's the here's the crazy part and here's what was really jumping out at me is how do we know the difference between when something is a want and when something is a need? And so here's here's kind of what was stirring in my heart as I was thinking about this question and just really pondering on it. How many times have we stood and believed on something and we just knew that this one thing was such a need in our life and we're like, Lord, we just really need you to meet this need. And then we we come to find out that God does things completely different and never even answers that prayer in the way that we thought he should. And so then we find out, was that really just a need or was I just so desperate to have something that I wanted that I made it out to be a need? So we go back into 2 Kings chapter 5 today. I love this story. And if you're going to follow along with me, we we've probably all heard this story. But in case you haven't, or maybe in case you have and you just never looked at it the way that I'm looking at it right now, um, welcome to the party. So here we go. We're gonna dive in. This story is about a man named Naaman and I'll just go right into it. So in chapter five of Second Kings, th- this tells us a story. It says, now Naaman was the commander of the army of the king of Aram, and he was a great man in the sight of his master, and he was highly regarded because through him, the Lord had given victory to Aram, and he was a valiant soldier, okay? So we're recognizing that this dude is a big deal, okay? But the very last part of the paragraph, but, there's a huge but in there, literally. Um, and he says, the Bible says, but he had leprosy. Okay, so we, we're, the Bible's painting this picture of what Naaman looks like. like and we're, we're thinking he's a war hero. He's, a, he's an amazing general. The Bible says that he's highly regarded and he's a valiant soldier, but... There's a stain on his life because of leprosy, and so we we go down further um, into the story, and you can read it for yourself. I want I want to encourage you to read it for yourself because it's it's an incredible story, and so I'm just going to kind of touch on it and summarize it and hit little parts of it, just so that we could kind of get to where we're going to go at a decent time. All right, so um, so here here uh Naaman's wife had a servant that she says in verse three, she says, "If only my master would see the prophet who lives in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy now let's let's realize that Naaman is is not from Israel, he's not he's from Aram and so he is not. He he does not follow the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He he follows other gods. He he is outside of the faith of Israel. And so the, the Bible tells this that tells us that this young girl says, You need to go and find this prophet, because if you find this prophet, you'll be healed. Okay, so so in that moment right there, Naaman develops an expectation. Okay. And so for many of us right now, we're literally saying that Naaman's greatest need is to get rid of that leprosy. It's it's to get rid of that one stain that is affecting his life in every other area of his life. He's golden, but he has this one great need. Okay? So many of us would would label that as like his greatest need, right? And, and Naaman is developing that expectation in his mind that says, if I can just get to that prophet in Samaria, then I can get rid of this leprosy and, and um, my, my legacy won't be tarnished anymore. And so um, this girl says, if you can just do this, if you could just get in front of that prophet, then you will be healed. And so Naaman develops this strategy in his mind and he's like, I'm going to go over and I'm going to find this prophet and he's going to lay hands on me and I'm going to be made well and leprosy will no longer be a part of my legacy. And so many of us can relate in, in this area of seeking the Lord, and we can say, well, you know, I just need the Lord to do this for me. If the Lord can just do this, then this will happen. And this is the human concept that we go through is we naturally jump to the conclusions of what we think God's going to do when we pray, and that expectation isn't always based on realism so then we set ourselves up for unrealistic expectations but we go further in this story and and we go down Naaman travels to go find Elisha and and that's that's our main character you probably have heard that name before if you spent any time in church at all you've heard of Elisha and so uh, the king of Israel of course in this story he goes wait a second, why is this general from this other land coming to see a prophet or whatever? He thinks that that Naaman is coming to spy out his land and his army and see where his army's at and everything. Um, just I don't know why that's in the story, but I'll just say it like this. That just goes to show, the king of Israel in this story just goes to show you that and when you're on the journey. Of finding and and having God fulfill your needs, there's always going to be haters, okay? So the king of Israel is a hater, and so Elisha hears about Naaman, and he tells the king of Israel, send this man directly to me, okay? So we have Naaman, and he is on his way to Elisha's house, to his front doorstep. And so as soon as we get there in the story, it says that Naaman went with his horses and his chariots. This guy is a big deal, so I would imagine that he's literally rolling deep, like he has an army with him, like quite an entourage, so he he has this standing right he's he's a man of of great renown, like so he doesn't just roll by himself he's he's rolling deep, and Elisha does something very interesting in this moment. Because instead of meeting Naaman face to face, the Bible tells us that Elisha sends out one of his servants to tell Naaman, you need to go to the Jordan River and you need to bathe seven times. So here's what's interesting, okay? Naaman is kind of a big deal. As I've been trying to paint this picture the whole time, Naaman is a really big deal. And he has this expectation, I need this prophet to lay hands on me. And once he does, the leprosy in my body is going to go away and it's no longer going to be a part of my legacy, right? Leprosy was constantly tainting his legacy and he had that in his mind. I need this guy to lay hands on me and heal me so that this won't be a part of my story anymore. And so he goes up there and, and the this, the servant says, you need to go and do this. Well, the Bible goes on to tell us right here. And I hope that you've read this story or you're going to read this story afterwards because it's so powerful. But the Bible tells us that Naaman went away angry. He was mad because he's like, Hey, I'm a big deal. And this prophet didn't even come out to meet me face to face. He sent a servant to address me. And here's the most powerful moment of the whole thing is one of Naaman's servants says, they're, they're leaving. He's mad. He's angry. He's like, I'm, I would rather keep this leprosy than to be faced by a servant and have this prophet shoo me away in such a manner. And so one of Naaman's servants says, but master, if he would have asked you to do something extravagant and something amazing, you would have done it, right? How many times has God asked of you? I know He's asked of me to do some of the simplest things, and I'm just like, "Oh no, that can't be it. It's got to be something more. It's got to be something more extravagant." And we get mad because maybe um, I'll just throw myself under the bus for a second. Like I want to be out ministering and I want to be out doing things for the Lord. I'm gonna put heavy quotes on that, but. The Lord, and I'll go before him I'm be like, Lord, you tell me what to do and I'll do it. And he's like, All right, Aubrey, I just need you to sit still. <sighs> I don't like that. Like, I don't like set still. Let's let's move and let's do something and let's you know, let's juggle all these plates and do that. I don't like the whole set still and rest and trust and know that I am God, right? And so, so oftentimes the Lord will ask us to do things that we don't want to do in order to see how big of a need we really have. So this servant addresses Naaman and he says, if, if Elisha would have asked you to do something like go and win a war or go challenge somebody in hand-to-hand combat, and you would have done it because it was extravagant. It would have built up your name. It would have built up your reputation. But because it's something so simple, you don't want to do it? Like, isn't it worth a shot? And so... Naaman gets convicted by this this exchange right here and so Naaman's like well what's it what's it gonna hurt and so we go further in the story and we find out that Naaman actually goes and he does as Elisha commanded and he bathes over and over again over and over again until that final time and then what happens The Bible tells us that leprosy left his body. And still, even up until this point, he had not seen or heard anything from Elisha, right? And don't forget, his expectation was, when this prophet lays hands on me, I'm going to be made whole. I'm going to be made well. That is my greatest need. I need this leprosy gone. So up until this point, he has not even seen Elisha. Elisha has not given him the time of day. And and so he's bathing over and over again. Each day, he bathes once, twice, three times, and keeps going. And then finally, on that last time, the leprosy falls off of his body. And the Bible tells us that he goes back and he addresses addresses Elisha. So here... Here's what's cool is because at the end, uh the prophet says, uh Elisha says in verse 16. Um, so Naaman is, is cleared of all the of all the leprosy, and he's trying to give uh Elisha a gift. And and I, I also love this really quick too, in verse 14, it says that his skin was restored and became clean like that of a young boy. You know, when you're young, your skin is like just incredible and it's like shiny, you know, and and you don't have all the weathering marks. But Naaman found himself like a young man again. And uh, so then Naaman goes back to Elisha and he stood before him and he says, "Um, Now I know that there is no God in all the world except in Israel. Okay, so so here's, here's what we have to understand about how God works. You and I, just like Naaman, right? We see our need. We see our need. And we build this whole infrastructure. We build this whole, man, I really need the Lord to do this or to do that based on what we believe that our greatest need is. So, um, but God has another plan in the background because God truly knows what our greatest need is and so here is the difference of what happens when we chase after what our need is versus understanding that God knows our need right so yes the end goal is the same the the end goal is the same so my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches And glory, okay? So if it's according to God's glory, then at the end of it, then God is gonna get all the glory, right? So Naaman comes into the story and his greatest need is, I need this leprosy gone. Once this leprosy is gone, everything is gonna be okay. But we look at the progression, okay? Look at, look at what happens. Naaman sets out on a journey and he comes to Elisha, right? So Naaman is getting more out of this story than what he ever anticipated because Naaman shows up on the scene and Elisha, he's expecting to see Elisha and he's expecting this man of God, right? Because let's not forget, he doesn't follow the God of Israel at this point. He's expecting this man to come out, lay hands on him, he's gonna be healed and Naaman's gonna be able to go back to doing whatever he was doing, going back to being the man, right? So Elisha comes on, step one, and he says, he sends out his servant, okay? So then Naaman gets addressed by the servant, and he says, go and bathe in the river, and if you do this, you'll be made whole. Naaman went away angrily. So step one, the Lord took Naaman through the path of humility, and he says, listen, the Lord was literally watching from on high, and he's like, I'm going to walk Naaman through this process. And if he wants to receive that healing that he wants so badly, he has to learn these other things first. So God uses Elisha to teach Naaman. Step one was humility. Do you have what it takes to be addressed by someone that you feel is lesser than you, somebody who may not know as much as you, somebody who may not be as educated as you are, right? Naaman had to learn humility. The Lord is using this servant to give me marching orders. So Naaman had to humble himself. He had to learn humility in step one. Then step two, the Lord had to teach Naaman obedience. Do you have the obedience to bathe in the same flipping river, in the same flipping spot, six or seven days in a row? And can you imagine? Imagine going through there every day. Say, say the Lord tells you to go somewhere on your lunch break from work every day and every day for five, you know, three, four, five days and nothing's changing. Nothing's happening. You don't see any fruit whatsoever to what you're doing. You don't see any fruit to your works. You don't. It just, it just seems like a giant waste of time. But do you have the obedience to ride it out because you still want to see your greatest need fulfilled? So step two, Naaman had to learn obedience. Do you have what it takes to do the same thing over and over again for seven days to see that greatest need fulfilled. Okay, so then step three was finally on that last day, Naaman comes up out of the water and the Bible says that his skin was made new like that of a young boy. So his greatest need, what he thought was his greatest need was fulfilled, but it wasn't fulfilled in the lineup in which he thought it was. He thought it was just gonna come in, lay hands, boom, I'm back to being general uh, of, of the army, back to being a man of great standard of this. But he had to learn humility and then obedience and then he was finally healed. But the very last thing, the very thing that the Lord wanted him to understand from the very beginning, see, God knew Naaman's greatest need and it wasn't about the healing. It was about one step further when we go into that last verse where in verse 15, it says, Then Naaman and all of his attendants went back to the man of God, Elisha's home, and he stood before him and he said, Now I know. See, I heard about all the things that you did before, man of God. I heard that's the only reason that I'm here is because a servant girl who worked in my house said that I needed to stand before the prophet that lives in Samaria. But now I know that there is no God in all of the world except in Israel. See, God knew that Naaman's greatest need wasn't about the healing. His greatest need was about knowing that there is only one God in the entire universe, and that is the God of Israel. Now, imagine being Naaman, and up until this point, you have sacrificed to other gods. You have lived your life as an entire lie. Your whole religion that you focused on up until that point came to nothing. And Naaman says, now I know that the God of Israel is the only God in the universe. See, God knew that ultimately that was his greatest need. And so step four, the ultimate need that Naaman had was he learned reverence for God. And so we 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 oftentimes get in this place where you know we come before the lord and we ask him and we're like lord well what about this or what about that especially think about this think about when you get sideways with somebody and 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 somebody really does something to make you mad and and you're just having a hard time walking in in forgiveness and you go before the lord and you're just like oh help him lord you know i mean Let's not kid ourselves. We all pray for other people, especially the ones that make us mad. And we're like, "Oh Lord, you're going to have to fix them." But see, here's here's what I found out. Maybe this isn't the case for you, but I know for me personally when especially when I go before the Lord with with things about other people, the Lord often works on me. And it's like, "Well, Lord, they did this to me." And it's like, "Okay, well, how are you going to respond? How are you like what, you know, what did you do in the scenario that might have caused this. And and I know a lot of times in marriage, like when Jordan and I have an argument, I will literally go, ooh, like I'll get so frustrated. And I'll walk out of the room and I'm just like, oh Lord, you got to help me in this. And when I start to think, Lord, I need, you know, I need Jordan to be more understanding. I need, you know, I need a little bit more compassion, you know, from my wife, like it's literally like the Lord begins to go to work on me. And he's like, Aubrey, your heart's in the wrong place. Your, your mindset's in the wrong place. Boom, boom, boom. And so oftentimes when we go before the Lord looking for something, it's often different. So when I say, what is the difference between your wants versus your needs is we find out through this story in second Kings five, our greatest need is, is reverence for the Lord, to find out who the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is. Our greatest need is Jesus. And when your wants line up with that need, then we come and we bring that verse that everyone shares. Because here's the thing, I'm not saying that that we don't have financial needs, that we don't have miracles that need to happen and we get these ideas in our mind just like Naaman that says, I have this expectation that my greatest need is for this leprosy to be gone. My greatest need is for God to show up financially in my home. My greatest need is for my is for the Lord to fix my spouse. I don't know. Whatever you think that your greatest need is, But this story brings us back to the principle that says my greatest need is of the Lord. I just need the Lord. I just need reverence. I need Jesus. And then he supplies, he will supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. Because when my need is Jesus, then he supplies all of himself. He gives of all of himself and doesn't withhold anything from me. So we have to begin to reevaluate. And, and like you take these things that, that you've developed as needs, and then you're like, okay, pull, take them before the Lord. And you say, Lord, is this a need or is this a want? Is this is this just something that I desire? Because if the need is always more of God, or it's my need is always Jesus, then everything else falls into place. And I have to trust, like the Bible says, don't worry about tomorrow. Look at the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. He provides for them. How much more will he supply for you? So if my need constantly stays on Jesus, then I will want for nothing. What is it that David says in Psalms 23? I, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want If the Lord is the one that's guiding me and and taking me as a shepherd does sheep, I shall not want. I have nothing that I'm in need of except more of Jesus. And that's it. And so whenever we take our wants versus our needs, when we understand that Christ is all that we could ever need, we know that he will supply it. When our wants line up, with our needs, we have all that our heart desires because I don't need other things to come and fill. Even if, even if it's healing, right? In this case right here with Naaman, his ultimate need, because he didn't know God yet, right? But for you and I, as followers of Jesus, we know. We already know Jesus. We already know the Lord. So all that I need is more of him, more of him and less of me. And so Naaman's coming in thinking that his need is this, but, but the Lord literally had a plan that was like this. And his wants and needs at the end, he recognized his need, but it wasn't necessarily for the healing. His greatest need was to understand that there is only one God, in the universe, and that was the God of Israel. Listen, I've had a great time with you today. I know everybody in here was missing Jordan's, um, you know, input. It's it's always it's always easier to have somebody else here co-signing with you and just kind of bouncing off. But listen, we I just want to say that we love you guys. Thank you for for continuing to support Peace of authenticity. Subscribe to our channel. Um, let us know if there's anything that we can pray for you for. Uh, we we just love uh, all the appreciation that we get. Every message that we get from anybody that listens to our podcast is is a blessing to us. Um, but listen, I hope and I just pray that something today resonated in your heart. Maybe it's the recalibration of Lord. Help me discover my need for you. Help me discover and weigh out if this is a want or if it's a need. Um, and, and I just pray that for all of us, we begin to just keep our eyes on Christ, who is is the author and the finisher of our faith. And as long as the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And if my need stays in him, then I have all of it that I need. So I pray that you receive something today. We love you, and we'll see you right here, same time, same place next week. See you later.